Feel it coming in the air Yeah Hear the screams from everywhere Yeah I'm addicted to the thrill I'm ready It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who go on this town tonight Hey, welcome into the Quantum Ambassador Sports Talk Show 888-346-9144 is the number to call in Joining us on the show today is Monday, Making Moves Monday, and as what we like to call it. Demi Lachey is here in the studio. Kwame Lasseter is out for today. Also, all the other gentlemen, Dougie B and Kurt Felkeller, is definitely out of the building as well. So we're just riding solo for right now. Should have Kwame calling in here very soon. It is Monday, start of a new week, beginning of a new week. Man, last night, uh, some great football displayed all all of yesterday, matter of fact, all Sunday. It started Thursday night. Um, victory. I know Dougie B t- touched on it on a live show. If you didn't tune in on Friday, Doug uh, definitely uh, discussed about the games that was coming up this weekend. Thursday night football game that happened, and also the games yesterday. Uh, the number one game I want to talk about that I want to get into first and foremost. I know you Cardinals fans. You know you want to talk about what happened uh, out there in Pittsburgh. I know the Baltimore Ravens fans, you know, you want to know what, what the heck happened in San Francisco. How did they get a victory over the Ravens? Also, to finish, uh, we're going to talk about how the game ended up between the Packers and the Chargers. Seahawks fans, oh, I can't wait. Can't wait to touch that button. But number one game I want to get into, uh, the game last night, I believe the game of the week, in which, you know, me being a huge Colts fan, uh, being from Indianapolis, this, this is a game that really touches me, touches my heart. A little bit. And that was between the Colts and the Patriots. And the Patriots coming out on top, 34-27. And which, you know, I, I did not expect this game to be this close, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought New England was going to uh, win by a bigger margin, in which I believe they won. And uh, uh, Colts scored a late touchdown, which, you know, really didn't matter. I mean, kind of put them in a position to uh, get a chance to get an onside kick, in which we all saw. But. Uh, let's, let's let's get in tackle about the game a little bit, the mindset a little bit. I don't know what happened during the second half of the Colts' offense. I want to particularly, um, you know, touch on two points. Number one is the quarterback play, Andrew Luck. Actually, three points from the Colts' standpoint. The Colts were up in this game. They had New England beat. They had New England frustrated. They were, you know, punched them in the mouth back and forth. The defense was doing all they could in that second half to hold Tom Brady in that high-powered scoring offense in which he, you know, juggernauts that offense to a whole nother level. And they did a great job of containing the run as much as they could with that big boss in the backfield and LeGarrette Blunt and also uh, keeping tack of Deion Lewis. But I want to I go directly straight to the second half. And one point that stuck out to me was the Colts offense and how I'm going to be honest with you, how pitiful it was, how it was just embarrassing. It was a disgrace. It all begins with the play of up front. You got to go directly to the offensive line. We're going to go into the coaching as well, Chuck Pagano. Don't think you off the seat. We're going to start with the offensive line, man. Uh, second half, they it, it was pretty flat. Um, they They really could not move the ball as much. Especially in that fourth quarter when the defense is giving them chances after chance, time after time. I mean, these guys could have capitalized on so many drives in which they did not. I don't know if it's the maturity of the O-line. I know I understand they had a lot of, 
you know, movements up front and some guys getting stars or new positions, whatever it may be, getting a new look in that offensive line that they're not used to. But there's no excuses. You're in the NFL. You, you have a chance, opportunity. You're at home. You got the momentum on your side. Your defense is playing their butts off. And you come up so short in the second half. First half, they look tremendous. They were moving the ball up and down. You know, you, you're not used to seeing the Indianapolis Colts perform this well, you know, against the Patriots, especially since the helm of Andrew Luck has taken over for the Indianapolis Colts, who is now 0-5, uh, going against the AFC uh, champs, the NFL champions, and the New England Patriots. So with that being said, I mean, literally, like, it was no movement of the of the football the display of the offensive line, and that's where, you know, your whole offensive front, that's where it all begins, is in the trenches. There was no movement. There were several fourth-quarter holding penalties. I mean, in the first half, you, you scored 21 points. Second half, you only held to six because of a late uh, last-minute touchdown. So basically, they did not score in the second half. We could just say that, to be honest with you. Um, New England outscored the Colts 14-6 to st- statistically in the second half. But for that defense to hold New England – to seven points a quarter. That's what that's what you ask for. That's what you ask for out of your defense against a Patriots team held by you know led by Tom Brady and how great he's playing. You also get a pick six during the game during the beginning of the game. So this is the first interception Tom Brady has thrown all year. The momentum is on your side. You're at home. That offensive line looks so disgraceful last night. I f- I kind of felt bad for Andrew Luck at times, and which you know he. He, he was tempted to throw a lot of arid passes. I mean, the guy was getting sacked left and right the whole second half with luck in his play, and that offensive line just did not look great at all. I mean, due to a lot of the skill and a lot of talent, does does go to New England's way. I like Jamie. Coll- I like how the way Collins play. I like Chan- Chad Jones on the defensive end. I mean, those guys were just playing with s- their motor. Their their engine was. Every play, you know, they, these guys are busting their tail, getting to Andrew Luck on every play in every situation. But as an offensive lineman, you got to step up and play. It begins with you and it ends with you. I counted what in the pat in the last like three drives for the Colts in the fourth quarter. I counted five holding penalties, five, and several of them happened on back to back moments. The Colts were getting a first down play, they're making a first down happen. Literally being down by six points or to the point when they got down by 13, it was holding after holding, penalty after penalty, sack after sack. I mean, the momentum, it was dead in the stadium last night. It was, you know, for a team to be in the game, who was winning? You were down by six points, and it looked like somebody dropped the bomb on offense as if the game was over. I'm talking early third quarter, you know. They had a whole fourth quarter. You were down by six early in the fourth quarter. And then here comes Chuck Pagano. Oh, boy. I don't know. Okay. We're talking about the New England Patriots. You haven't did any trick plays all game. You're playing with a lot of momentum. You're at home. you got the Patriots in your back home, which in which, you know, this game was being downplayed all, all, all week long by New England. They did a, a tremendous job in that. And, you know, the Colts as well. They're downplaying the whole deflate gate, you know. But at the same time, these two teams, they're, it's a rival. You know, even though the Colts have lost the last seven <laughs> Seven attempts against the New England Patriots. It's still considered a rival. These two teams really do not like one another. And you had the game in your in your hands. And then Chuck Pagano comes in 
it tries to run a trick play, and it it, it was. It, it was a bad time. It was, it was a terrible time to, to bring this upon, you know, the game in which the moment that was it was in. You had a momentum on your side, and then you flat out just threw the game right then and there. Kwame Lasseter is here on the lines. Kwame, thank you for calling in. We we are definitely uh, in discussion about what the heck is went went on in Indianapolis last night, which I believe was you know particularly the game of the week, the final, the rematch, the Brady in which Brady would have been suspended for. This has been his first game back, but. Uh, fortunately, he had a couple games under his belt and made that trip to Indianapolis. Came out with the victory. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if he um, if he was not the quarterback in last night's game. If the New England Patriots won, I thought Andrew Luck played well. Uh, as far as to that trick play, I think it was more so to make them jump off sides. I don't. The ball was not supposed to be snapped because if I can get into my reading lips, right. Uh, Mo, I think McGonagall was more like, why did he snap the ball? Because I think it was more so, catch him off guard. If they didn't line up enough over there, everyone runs this, but you're not hiking the ball with nobody on the line when it's just your center and the quarterback. Like, a lot of teams that run this, I've seen this I've seen this dozens of times. If you can't get him to jump, and if they don't line up with enough guys on the outside where everybody was, right. then you throw a quick ball. Because I think you needed one or two yards. Um, Two yards. It was just not at the right time. I think the communication, well, I know for sure communication, they were not on the same page with that. Uh, but it was a good game nonetheless. It was a good Monday night game. Everybody thought the Patriots were going to come out and smash the Colts. Colts were playing at home. Colts were playing well. They had a game. That game could have went either way, and you would have been justifiable saying that team deserved to win or that team deserved to win. Yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I mean, the Colts were – in position, they had the momentum on their side. It was, you know, fourth quarter play. This is what put the game out of reach. I mean, your defense, Carmen, you got to give it up to that Colts defense last night. I mean, they held Tom Brady to what fourteen points, in which seven hundred points was given to because of the ch- trick play that did not go so well. You know, that was just giving up the seven points that put the game out of reach. But that defense was playing so tough against Brady. And, you know, the offense did not put this game in any better position. Special teams, I mean, I, th- I thought the special teams played very well until um, the trick play and a block field goal at the end. I don't know what that was about. Um, huge kudos to Collins, you know, his athletic ability. But in that situation, your team is playing so well. That defense is playing with a lot of momentum. You're at home. Why even consider throwing the trick away. If, if you're going to try to jump him offline, why not have Andrew Luck go under center and, you know, snap the ball or hike it or, you know, just play with the defense line to get them to jump, you know. Um, I think the, I think the alignment uh, where those guys were lying was more of the trick itself, not not to quarterback sneak because you got three guys in front of – it was three on two for the most part. Yeah. With three defenses uh, uh, with the, the, the Patriots defensive line on the center and, Col- and uh, Andrew Luck. So you really got to you really got to consciously think that there's no way I'm running that play and possibly getting my starting quarterback, my franchise quarterback hurt. So, like I said, in that formation, if the New England Patriots do not line up enough guys where the uh, Colts linemen were and their backs were, mm-hmm. then you throw that because you outnumber and you have no reason not to get the first down in that situation. I think it was a miscommunication. The defense of the Indianapolis Colts are playing well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just got to punt the ball. Um, it could have been a situation where if they were lined up in the normal personnel, that it could have been uh, encroachment by the, if the right word is encroachment, by the quarterback. 
Right. Because you can't bark, you can't move when you when you hard count. Right. And a hard count, you can't move because that's drawing them outside intentionally. This is like me as a defensive player hearing a hard count and coming across the plane of the line of scrimmage, then I'm offside. So right. Free play. So when you try to outsmart yourself and you're playing a one of those pivotal games against your one of the teams, best teams in the AFC and the New England Patriots. Right. You need to stick to what you do best and not so more what you're trying to trick. You're not going to trick a disciplined team. Right. You need to stick to what you do best and just play man-on-man uh, football. And the, the man in front of you, it's about one-on-one matchups anyway. Absolutely. Uh, call me last of the Sports Talk Show, 888-346-9144. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, after the break, we're going to discuss, you know, it's it's somebody that put themselves on a true hot seat, and the owner has even came out and made reports about it. We also got a new segment coming in, believe it or not. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back in to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, 888-346-9144. Demi Lachey is here in the studio. Kwame Lasseter here on the line. Um, that was a great intro song segment to get into this next segment. Talking about these scrubs. Uh, I know we just discussed in the first segment about the Patriots and the Colts game. And one scrub that stands out to me is definitely that uh, I'll, I'll give you five. That whole offensive line for the uh, Indianapolis Colts in that fourth quarter display and with all them dang on holding penalties, giving up so many sacks, and then now you got your coach in a very, very hot seat. Um, Jim Irsay came out this morning discussing. It was reports that it was reported that uh, he's making statements that Chuck Bagano is, is in a hot seat. Kwame, with them sitting at 3-3 three and three right now, the Indianapolis Colts, them being former AFC, uh, making it all the way to the AFC Championship game just a year ago, uh, being dismantled by the New England Patriots and then losing again in New England. This is seven New England victories in a row 
uh, five since Andrew Luck, Chuck Pagano has taken over. This guy's in a hot seat. You talk about a scrub. Uh, he, he definitely cemented his name even more um, in the, in this hot seat, in this scrub category as a head coach. Would you be surprised if they pulled the the rain away from Chuck Pagano during the season? I will be surprised because Chuck Pagano's not a bad coach. You remember when Bruce Arians took over when Chuck Pagano? Oh, no was doubt, there. no I mean, doubt. He was he was still playing with the team that Chuck Pagano put together. Bruce Arians just had a different philosophy, and some guys respond to different people in different ways. And and that's to say to that's to say that you know those are his guys. He put those guys together. Uh, you can win. There's a lot of coaches that win a lot of games with other coaches' players. And then when it's time for them to do what they're supposed to do best, then you find out they're not losing. To even come out and say that, I mean, they're 3-3 three and three right now, and they lost to a better team in New England Patriots. But the, in New England Patriots, they're not the coach, always plays to the kind of tough. Mm-hmm. So it's somewhere you got to get over the hump. And Ersley probably needs to be shut up for a while because he's the same uh, owner of a team that has uh, – 30,000 pills in his front seat with 30,000 cash <laughs> there. No one does that. Right. So he could easily be in a hot seat too because the fans look at it in all kinds of ways, different angles. You look at the owner. Mm-hmm. Why the owner's not doing this? You look at it in Arizona. They used to talk about our own, the owners of the Arizona Cardinals all the time. Then they started winning football games. But mm-hmm. you look at the owner. Why Why don't he bring this guy in? Why don't he? Why did they let this guy go? Uh, why they're not doing this? And then you go to the head coach. And then now the owner and the head coach is having beef. So that's when it all trickles down to the team. And now we'll see how the team responds. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's more so about the team. Because those guys go out there and play. You watch the Miami Dolphins and how they went out there and play. Maybe it was a chain of scenery. Maybe both of them need a chain of scenery. But I own the team, so how are you going to get rid of me? I'm not going to sell that team. You have to make me an offer I cannot refuse. Mm-hmm. And that's going to have to be something real drastic. Mm-hmm. But with Pagano there, I think... He knew how to respond to those guys, and maybe he's tired of coaching. Maybe he's saying some things out loud out in the media where he's saying, get rid of me. My contract's up anyway. Get rid of me. Because you know they wanted to give him another a year extension. Right. He wouldn't take it. Right. He would not take it because you're not going to hold me hostage for a year and be able to get rid of me and control my destiny when I'm one of the better coaches out there. I think he's a good fit for the, um, the coach. The coach just, how they played last night, you could tell they was on a piece or two away from being that. And they won the AFC South. Mm-hmm. consecutive times. They're one or two pieces away from being that team and getting over the hump and beating. Sometimes you lose to the great teams until you can find a way to beat them. The, the New England Patriots used to lose all the time to the Miami Dolphins until they found a way to beat them. Mm-hmm. They used to lose to the Buffalo Bills until they found a way to beat them. But then they got the personnel, they got the coach, and nothing changes with the New England Patriots. I don't care who comes to that team as a player, their offense never changes. Their defense never changes. You come in there and you have a philosophy that you stick to, mm-hmm. and those guys continue to play at a high level. Right. And to your point, man, I, right now it's just it's, it's very embarrassing for the Colts. Uh, sitting at 3-3, three and three, you, you, go, you go to the point where you're playing the number one team, your Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, at your place, to the point you got to reluct on a trick play that doesn't even go right. That tells you the coaching right there. That shows you who's listening, who's buying in, and who's not. To the point you got to even implement a trick play on a special teams against the Super Bowl champs at your place, and you still run the play wrong. I'm pretty sure they've been talking about this play for the past for for about a week for you ten days. The, uh, 
onside kick? I thought the onside kick was No, no, no. The onside kick was fabulous. I'm talking about that yeah. punt still. That that trick play punt, whatever, get the defense to jump. Right. And we still not even going to run this play right. That's your that's your coaching right there. That's what it is in in a hot seat in a box. That shows you who's buying in, who's not. I mean, it was several times they showed, you know, a, a ton of uh, headshots at Chuck Pagano. He's yelling. He's trying to rally the team. And the guys just look so flat. They just, like, walking past him, like, yeah, whatever. Nobody, you know, looking in. And, y- you know, you just don't see that, like, how you saw, in the, like, the Steelers game, Mike Tomlin. When he was yelling and, you know, getting his guys encouraged, they were looking at him like, yeah, shaking their head. And you see the head bobbing. And you didn't see that with the Colts. You just saw guys as, oh, well. You know, we'll see. You know, it's another tough team. Sometimes, and you know this like I know it. Sometimes it just you just get tired of hearing the same voice saying the same thing. It's like it's like people, like relationships. Mm-hmm. You get tired of hearing the same thing, and nothing changes. You keep doing the same thing over and over, and you want me to continue to listen to you when you're not gonna change with anything. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you and your kid. I mean, you can say this, 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 and this a million times. And they get tired of hearing it, and it's just well, I've heard it before. Then somebody else come in and say something the same thing you've been saying. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, I get it now. Oh, you be like, oh, okay, I know not to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But they they might be just monotone. His voice just might be so monotone that you know they hear it and not there's no reaction to it. And you you mentioned Mike Tomlin. So Mike Tomlin's more. I'm not saying Bacano's not a player, players, players coach. Mike Palmer, he's one of the ultimate player coach, but right. those guys respect him. When you lose respect for somebody, you don't care what they say. You don't respect them anymore. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Uh, speaking of Mike Tomlin, I want to move on from this Colts uh, Patriots game as you know both teams are ready to move on uh, into the next game. And speaking of Mike Tomlin, huge victory um, at home. See, that's that's how you win a big game at home. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers hosted the Arizona Cardinals. In which the Cardinals had a lot of momentum, and they played very well in the first half. And to the point, you know, Mike Vick was, you know, inconsistent at times. They had a little injury, and they went and reluctant on their third-string quarterback, Mr. Landry Jones. He came in, and he balled out. He, he came to yeah. play. He was very prepared. You know, that's rare that you see your uh, on the depth chart third-string third quarterback. But, you know, on yesterday's game, he was the second string. But he was prepared as if he was the starter. He came in. I think. What's that? I think everybody knew Michael Vick wasn't going to last. Uh, he's so timid now. He's so you can't even blow him hard yeah. without him catching a cold. Uh, <laughs> I think Landon Jones knew right away. Let me get ready as if I'm going to be the starter until Ben Roxburgh coming back. And then he made a case to be the number two quarterback, if you will. In my opinion, he made a case to be the number two quarterback yeah. behind Ben Ro- Roxburgh. Yeah. He, he he definitely did. Landry Jones, I believe he's he, he he's set to go. Um, just the way he displayed, the way he played the game yesterday against, you know, we're not talking about you know no Jacksonville Jaguars victory. We're talking about the Arizona Cardinals. They look stunned. That defense, you know, you talk about Bruce Arians, his defense philosophy, and you know what the approach that the that Cardinals defense you know takes. Landry Jones right. looked like he's done this before. He looked like he was just you know as if he played in the NFC West. It's, it's, it's Kaepernick still haven't figured it out, and you see that the way Landry Jones. I mean, he just came in there, did what he's supposed to do, and he handled the Arizona Cardinals defense to the point the offense had to just rely on the on the uh, passing game so much for the Cardinals, and allowed you know them to play looser and 
and he had some turnovers against Carson Palmer. Put a lot of pressure on him. And 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 look at the, look what the Steelers doing. Everybody, I mean, they just quietly getting in place because they're gonna have a, have a battle with the uh, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, which is going to be a good one. The Steelers are four and two, beating the Cardinals yesterday by twelve points. Cardinals are four and two, and they get to come home. They didn't get a bye week some at some point real soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they just the Cardinals is the reason. If I if you if I will, they're the reason why I'm losing by four on my fantasy points. But I got Odell Beckham tonight, and I don't even know if this guy gonna play. I'm right. five and zero. I'm six and zero right now. <laughs> but look at the Steelers. Look what the Steelers doing. There. Yeah, they four and two. They got to go on a road to Kansas City. They're gonna beat the Chiefs at home. Chiefs are one and five. That's the worst team with the high expectations in the lead right now. Because you can talk about the Indianapolis Colts mm-hmm. being three and three, but the Chiefs and what they have over there. Now I know they lost uh, Lamar Charles last week. Mm-hmm. But they still won in five. Right. So the Steelers going to be okay. Yeah. And the Chiefs, like you said, I agree, I agree with that point. I mean, that's just a disappointing one in five football team with the talent they have on that defense and uh, losing Jamal Charles. I mean, it's it's sad. And for Pittsburgh, you you know, you go into Kansas City and then you get the big game uh, against the Bengals at your place, at Heinz Field. Maybe Big Ben will be back. If not, this gives another chance for Landry Jones to learn the concept and, you know, have another chance to develop before you see Cincinnati. Uh, I don't even know if I would bring Big Ben back for that game. I think the Steelers can pull it off with Michael Vick and uh, and uh, Landry Jones. I think they could get it done. That's then you give yeah. my, you're giving my franchise quarterback time to heal even more. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that standpoint because after the uh, – after they play the Bengals, you know, you get the Raiders, the Browns, and then the Seahawks, who are very disappointing as well. I can't wait to talk about that game. Uh, and then, you you know, you host or you go, you host the Colts, and then you got the Bengals again. So bringing Big Ben, uh, you know, he he has a chance. They have the chance to see the Bengals once again. They're going to see them in the playoffs. They, you know, they, they're trying to stay on the heels of as close as they can to the Patriots. You remember week one, that was a close game. That was a huge game, and, you know, the Steelers rarely lost. They they had that game in such control, and they ended up losing it in the end. Um, they want that another shot. They want another chance at it. And, you know, right now they have to go through Cincinnati. They have to, uh, you know, play well against them, you know, and win their division and compete as much as they can to get that another shot, you know, and making sure Big Ben is healthy for this playoff run because I think they're still a playoff football team. Uh, Antonio Brown came to life. He had 11 catches, 111 yards. Uh, Lindsey Jones, you know, found a way. I think Michael Vick, I don't, you know, before we take a break here, I think Michael Vick is, uh, I think he's done. I think this was his last shot. Um, like you said, man, you, you're blowing this guy, you know, he, he's, he'll blow, he'll find a way to, you know, to disappear. He get pneumonia. (laughs) Right, exactly. So I, I, I think Pittsburgh is, you know, ready to move on from this experience. Um, but the Arizona Cardinals, you know, we got about two minutes before we go to break here. Um, you know, you're very stunned at them. Where do you see, what was, you know, the collapse on that offensive end, Carson Palmer, there was no running game. What in the world happened? I'll say this, the Arizona Cardinals came in, they, they was on a roll for two weeks and I'm not making an excuse because look, that's the, that's the path you decide to take. And, you know, being away, I always thought, I don't care where you play. If the football field is the same uh, distance, diameter, uh, width, and everywhere else, then the game is the same. Fan fan support do come in and play. Being away, do all that stuff come in and play. But 
when the game starts, it's the game. It's the game that you know it. The Arizona Cardinals, they were ranked second in the league with the, with the points they're putting up with 33 points. Mm-hmm. 34 points a game uh, and seventh defense allowed. And they just, they gave up 25 points yesterday. If you, if you rank seventh in defense, you're not giving up 25 points. You're not even giving up, you're not giving up 20 points right. uh, in games like that, especially when your team offensively is scoring 34 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ranked fifth in the, in the league with uh, yards per game, uh, six yards allowed. Mm-hmm. They, what happened? I don't know what happened. After they played Detroit, they went to West Virginia and stayed the whole week. They didn't come back to Arizona, and they got ready. West Virginia, Pittsburgh, you know, that's only an hour at, at the most. Right. But you, you don't – you got to get ready to play the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened, why they came off flat. They thought the Pittsburgh Steelers was not going to show up at home. They was crazy. Pittsburgh Steelers and how they was winning their games and then even how they lost their games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see that they're a good team still. And that uh, Mike Tomlin had those boys ready to play with the absence of Ben Roethlisberger. Right. So it was a rematch of the old Super Bowl because there's going to be about 19 of them. I think it's going to be about 15 more games of – Rematch Super Bowls left, uh, and yesterday was one of them with the Arizona Cardinals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, but it's just a game that, as you mentioned, it's shocked to see them lose in that fashion that they lost in. All right, Guam Lester Sports Talk Show. We're going to take a quick break, a real quick break, and we'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome in. Welcome back into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Join us on the show. Demi Lachey is here in the studio. Kwame Lasseter here on the line. We uh, Just last segment, just finished up discussing Arizona Cardinals, Pittsburgh Steelers, and how pretty much how flat you know that Cardinals offense looked, and uh, we were also discussing you know outside the break here, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, he did have ten targets yesterday. Um, he finished the game with eight catches, ninety three yards. But th- I believe that came because of the desperation um, where the Cardinals had to throw the football a lot. Uh, John Brown tore it up yesterday, ten catches, one hundred ninety six yards, but they couldn't find the end zone. Uh, Carson Palmer had one 
touchdown to, to his two interceptions to his huge two turnovers. I mean, that, those two interceptions that tells you the game right there. That you know, you lose the game, uh, what by twelve points. That's you know, yeah. that's two touchdowns right there uh, with the two turnover ratio. You know, and against you know a defense that I don't think that's that impressive. That's not your typical Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, uh, historic defense. But obviously they came to play. You know, I'm not taking no shade away from them. But, um, you know, Carson Palmer, one week, you know, they're, they're on point. You know, they're looking fluently. And then the next week they back off. And it's been like this what, last three weeks, you know, in the game in which they won in between, you know, they came out dominant. And now they came out flat once again. Do you see this trend, you know, happening with the Cardinals? Because they were talked about at one point the best team in the NFL, um, secretly, you know, under the radar. Watch out for this team. Bruce Arians is a fan of this team. He's saying this is the best team he's had in quite some time. You know, he. I, I don't see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I don't see that trend uh, happening. I think they got. I got. I think they got uh, exceptional, more than exceptional coaches to uh, fix this right now. They got a Monday night game coming up uh, the 26th of October uh, against the Baltimore Ravens coming in here. And Baltimore Ravens, um, you know, they, they are one in five team. There's probably a three and two team uh, right now. Oh, I mean, a three and three team or a four and two team uh, losing some players. And that's football, so I don't make excuses about that. You play with the ones you have or you draft them and recruit better. Mm-hmm. So, the, um, so the Arizona Cardinals, I think they will – find a way to get it done, consistently get it done. Right. I think they will consistently get it done as a um, as a unit over there, and they're going to regroup, and they're going to bounce back. All right. Yeah, well, we're going to see because the tough schedule doesn't get any easier. And uh, moving into our next segment, you know, we're going to discuss uh, a couple, quick topic, couple of quick topics here. Uh segment is called Believe It or Not. So basically, do you believe in it or, or do you not, basically? Uh, last night or yesterday's game, I believe – one of the biggest games, the, the rematch for the playoffs, in which the Carolina Panthers finally, finally got over the hump to beat the Seahawks. In just a regular season game, yeah, it doesn't matter until the playoffs, but at the same time, it's huge for Carolina to get this victory. Uh, and this new, you know, revolutionized rivalry between these two teams. Carolina now st- still sitting undefeated, 5-0. and Do you believe in this team or not? Yeah, man. Um Remember, it wasn't last year. I think it was. It might have been last year when they had to go to Seattle to play in a playoff game. Even though Seattle had the better record, but Carolina won. I, I be, it might have been two years ago. Mm-hmm. The Carolina Panthers went out there. Last three. Seattle. The last three years. Last three years. Uh, Seattle put them. And out. they almost won a game to to advance in the playoffs. Even in the week south that Carolina played in last year or the year before, it was a uh, it was a good game. That dag on Cam Newton is for real this year. He's mature. As a quarterback, I just thought he was just going to be who he was, a guy we will always mention and never take him to the next level because he plays so much. But, you know, our character and how we are, it's how we are. It's what we do. But he's taken, in my opinion, from what I'm seeing, he's taken his game, his maturity level, uh, his maturity to another level where take me serious or I'm going to destroy you away or at home. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm liking what the Carolina Panthers are doing because they do have a defense too, and they, he's incorporating his tight end at a great, at a high rate. Where you got to watch these guys, and I thought it was going to be a problem when they, when their top receiver uh, went down. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, when uh, Kelvin Benjamin at the beginning of the season, you know, my take on it once he went down, I was like, okay, Carolina, y'all had a great run. 
it's going to be a tough season for y'all. But they're doing things in which you've never seen Carolina do before. And I'm I'm not just talking about beating Seattle at Seattle. But we're talking, you know, finding out, you know, a run game with Jonathan Stewart running the football hard, doing this by himself without D'Angelo Williams. You're finding the defense playing so well without Luke Keekley since, what, week one? And now he's finally making his way back into it. And he had a huge game yesterday, 14 tackles. I mean, you're just seeing them do things. Cam Newton doing this without a big-time receiver. He kind of looked like the Cam Newton back in Auburn. You know, just playing hard, playing tough, running the football when he needs to, using his athletic ability, and finding a way to win the ball game. And he's making me a believer in this Carolina Panthers football team. Uh, the next one, you know, staying, you know, jumping on the other cross, uh, across the uh, ball, in which yesterday performance the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, LOB, Legion of Boom. Right now they're looking like the Legion of Bust. Had a busted play last night, yesterday, in which they left Greg Olson um, wide open for the game-winning touchdown. A uh, little chirping between Cam Chancellor and Mr. Richard Sherman. Do you believe it or not that the Legion of Boom is becoming the Legion of Bust? I think um, they still remember they they still got the same players right now. Think about how the season started. Think about them even last year uh, doing what they're doing. They thought if they got uh, Jimmy Graham in there, they was going to have an outstanding. That was going to complement what they wanted to do offensively. Uh, in, in in my opinion, haven't panned out yet. Mm-hmm. You, you thought Jimmy Graham can block. Jimmy Graham told you for three or four years in New Orleans, I'm a receiver, mm-hmm. not a tight end. Pay me accordingly. Uh, I didn't. I didn't come to Seattle to be placed on the end of the offensive line, placed next to a tackle. Right. You got to spray me out and use me effectively because then you got Marshawn Lynch. But in Marshawn Lynch and what he does best, when they do have a tight end, the Seattle Seahawks, what he actually can block. Jimmy Graham can block, so men are getting in or making Marshawn alter his course, and this is what he has to do with the running game. You can't get that started. Nobody's catching the ball, and now you got a quarterback. You got to put in the shotgun on the midpoint and then run these college plays. I mean, mm-hmm. it works because it's Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about on the other side of the ball, I don't know if Richard Turner really ready for, you know, that, that you don't want that altercation with, with uh, your safety. You don't want that problem. But yeah. communication, breakdowns, it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just so happens that we expect some more out of the Seattle Seahawks defense. So when something like that happens, we think they're, oh, they're just another team now. It possibly, because things come and go, uh, maybe they've had their turn. Maybe teams are not playing the Ghost of Seattle. Maybe the teams are playing the Seattle Seahawks right now this Hello. year. Hello. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of teams will lose games because they think they're playing the world champion Seattle Seahawks. Right. They're not playing that team. you got to uh, play the team that's in front of you and, and then exploit what, exploit what they do, what they don't do so well. Yeah. A lot of a lot of chirping is going along, especially, uh, like you said, you stayed with Jimmy Graham. You know, a lot of chirping was going on with the offense and how he wasn't happy at times. Now you see the defense, you know, having breakdowns, in which you don't see in Seattle. You're not used to seeing that at all, especially from an experienced group uh, like Chancellor and Thomas and, you know, Sherman. And, you know, you look at the running game, I believe the best uh, running option yesterday was the quarterback, Russell Wilson. He had eight carries, 53 yards. Marshawn Lynch had Marshawn Lynch had 17 for 54. I mean, you know, is, is is it the health catching up with Marshawn Lynch? Is it the age? They're sitting at two and four. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. See, I see. I don't believe that. I, okay. I don't believe that at all. I, I think. I mean, Marshawn. 
Now, I was with his uh, cousin who played with me. I mean, his uncle. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Who played with me. Um, I was with him all yesterday. Okay. And that was one of the conversations we did have. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe it. I don't, I don't buy into the running back at this age because he's, He's always played like that. He's always taking that pound, and you can say that's catching up to him, and you make it. You can have a valid point too. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be wrong in your assessment. I believe they need to fix up that offensive line. They need to fix uh, how they're going to use Jimmy Brown, and maybe they need to pass first to, to now orchestrate their run game, which used to be run first, and then those average receivers at best. Then they became top-notch receivers because they used to run the football better. And sometimes you might just need to reverse this. Change it up, and this is a great time to do it right now because you're two and four. Mm-hmm. The Seattle Seahawks are two and four, and this is a team they talked about. One of the teams, one of the top three or four teams to represent the NFC and the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But at this rate, it's not going to happen until you change some things up right now and maybe pass to run the football instead of running past the football. Well, it's going to be a difficult time uh, to, to develop that offensive line because everybody wants to get paid in Seattle. You pay Russell right, Wilson, but- you're paying. Uh, you know, the defense, everyone on the defense. You got Cam Chancellor, don't know if he want to play for you or not. And because of the money, the checks, you know, everybody worried about this next check. And that offensive line is not going to be paid anytime soon. They better get ready to learn how to, you know, play together and develop because you go out shopping. What, what are you shopping with? You know, you're shopping with house money. Um, if you know? They, if, they, um, if they think they got problems now, you wait to next year. Nobody's going to be there. Kwame, they're two and four. Do you believe it or not? Is this a playoff football team? They're two and four. Yeah, they, they make the wild card. Whew. We'll see. Uh, it be tough. <laughs> we'll see. Next one. Uh, yeah, we probably uh, we'll probably skip a break. We, we can we, we can go no break. Um, the next one coming up. New York Jets, thirty four points on the offensive end. Fitz Fitzpatrick. Looked phenomenal yesterday, Chris Ivory. Oh my goodness, NFL MVP. Do you believe it? Or not? Do you believe in this offense? Right do you believe in this offense or not? Best player in the game? I, I, no, no. I said best running back. Oh, okay, all right. Right now, he's the best running back in the game. Do I believe in this offense? Let me tell you why I do. Oh, because of what they do defensively, they okay. know. Don't lose the game from the offense standpoint. Do not lose the game. Do not turn the ball over as many times as they've done in the past. Right. Fitzpatrick. Uh, is the starting quarterback, and he will be until he get injured. Uh, hopefully he doesn't get injured. But they know, they got the concept, they in the mindset is, you know what, we can win the game in the fourth quarter. But when I'm able to get the ball a significant amount of times in a, in a series, well, and I'm sorry, in a quarter, mm-hmm. then I can have the ball probably 15 series in a football game and, and hold the clock and use the clock and get into a rhythm because our defense – they're good for three and outs. They're good for no more than eight plays, and they're putting us back on the football field. Mm-hmm. So that's where I believe in their offense and I believe in this team. And I've said they was going to beat a lot of teams. I picked them probably out of the six weeks. I probably picked them four times to uh, four or five times to uh, beat the opponent. Okay, right. You did. You you called it out. Uh, do I believe in this offense? I'm going to go with not yet. Brandon Marshall is a huge, huge piece that they picked up in the offseason, that Chicago, I don't know why. <laughs> We're not going to discuss about the Bears and their mistakes. Um, but that, that was a huge pickup for the Jets. You also get, you know, your Revis back, Cromartie's back in town. Uh, Eric Decker, you know, he put the ball on the ground yesterday, and so did Brandon Marshall. He, he had a lot of turnovers. But just the issue of the matchup, 
you know, you know that you're always going to have a huge matchup um, with Brandon Marshall on the field as Eric Decker, your number two target. And then, like you said, Chris Ivory, the best running back in the game right now. Um, I agree to that standpoint. He's balling out of control. But I'm going to still, you know, hold the reins up on Fitzpatrick. I don't know if uh, Geno Smith would be happy with your comment, Kwame, but I'm I'm, I'm not too uh, – I don't, I don't want to say I'm all the way sold. <laughs> I just punch him in the jaw. What are you gonna do? I punch him in his jaw. <laughs> yo. Oh man, yo, <laughs> you can't do that, Gino. You know? <laughs> you gonna be, you gonna be uh, cut. You gonna be off the team. You gonna, yeah, gonna get kicked off the bandwagon. <laughs> I know for him, for him. Yeah, well, for that for that team to put up thirty four points, uh, that was tremendous to watch. I mean, they, I didn't think Washington played that bad until uh, Kirk Cousins. You know, he's known for turning the ball over, in which he displayed numerous times. And the Jets took full advantage of it. I mean, literally, like, Brandon Marshall was making some tough catches. You know, uh, he had a couple, like, down to the, all the way down to a shoestring. That guy's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, body frame, making these catches, you know, at, at the age he is. And, you know, he just looked he, he looked great. Right now they're sitting at 4-1. and one. They, you know, they can sneak their way in there. They can sneak their way into that wild card position, I believe. So, uh, we keep our eyes on our nose. Look, you you um you look what Kirk Cousins did, or should I say, didn't do. Right. And if had that been, there would be a big story about it. I mean, it, there's there's talk about it right now because what he's doing and what he can do. Let that have been RG three, Robert Griffin the third. It would be they would be trying to take him down downtown and hang him. <laughs> when you gonna put, he didn't he don't he's at the game not dressed out he ain't, he's just not at the game and pass and not playing right he's not dressed out right they don't want him to get hurt because they got plans on getting rid of him so they might want to rethink this because mm-hmm. I don't know where the quarterbacks out there right now that's in college that can come in and do what he's doing or able to do for that franchise but he's not dressed out so they they're preventing him from not getting hurt so they don't have to pay him big money down the road. Mm-hmm. I I agree with that. I, I do agree. Last year on his contract too, so maybe it's just a uh, a one year deal, and they're probably looking for trade value, so they can say, "Well, he's healthy; he haven't played all year, so we either can trade you or we just let you go." And they're gonna take a loss regardless. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with that standpoint. Keeping him healthy—that's uh, a great business move on the Redskins' part. You know, they can definitely expand. Hey, this guy's healthy. You get a healthy RG three. Uh, you know, he's mad at us, so he's ready to, you know, exploit. <laughs> his talents, his frustration out on the field. So here you go. Uh, yeah, I think RG3 will be out of town uh, at the end of the season, to no surprise. And it, you're right. That statement is not fair because they're going to look at Kirk Cousins. Oh, he's the backup quarterback. He, you know, it's okay for him to throw right. these interceptions. Rather as, you know, RG3, in which they came in at the same time. RG3, you know, like you said, <laughs> they're ready to hang this man downtown. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's not fair. It's not a fair standpoint on RG 3s you know, concept. But and let me say this: I like Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm 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 guilty of this too. You know, when you when you like somebody, you find something good to say about them. If you don't like somebody, you either don't say anything or you say something negative. Right. When 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 it was RG three and Kirk Cousins came in and it was the backup, or like last year when he was, you know, he was sparing some games. I like that situation. I like that that chemistry they had. Uh, but when the media and the and the coaches, or actually the organization, when they make it that RG3 is just a bust in so many words, RG3 is this, he's that, and none of it is good, when you make it like that, then you then you kind of 
the people who do like RG3, now you're giving us, like, well, why you pick them? Why you want to play them? Get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Now, you, now you're saying something bad about the guy that I like. So now you make me not like Kirk Cousins. But mm-hmm. I like Kirk Cousins. I, <laughs> I don't like teams. A better example is I don't even really like Alabama because of the way people from Alabama play with Alabama cheer for them. Because mm-hmm. they're stupid. They, they can't be rational enough. So they make me not. They make me root against Alabama, and I really don't have anything against Alabama, <laughs> which is crazy. Like the Cowboys. Yeah, so that's crazy. <laughs> like the Cowboys. Uh, right. Yeah, like the Cowboys. <laughs> Cowboy fans. But I grew up a Cowboys fan, uh-huh. Virginia. Yeah, I grew up a Cowboys fan. I don't know why you could have been a Buffalo Bills fan. Right, closer. Why? Redskins fan. Uh. <laughs> well, it would probably been Redskins, but was, in my neighborhood, it was, it was Dallas, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, last, last one. Last, believe it or not, uh, New England Patriots five and zero, Bengals six and zero, Denver Broncos six and zero. Believe it or not, which team would you think will stay undefeated the longest and which team will, will break first? Do you believe Cincinnati will hold this or do you not? Do you believe Denver Broncos with all the criticism Peyton Manning taken? Do you believe it or not that one of these will prevail in more victories uh, with, with no losses? In the Cincinnati AFC. Bengals is surprising me. I'm surprised about how they're getting down. Uh, what's really going to surprise me, uh, I'm hoping, is how far they go in the playoffs because they don't win playoff games. They do well in a regular season. Mm-hmm. And they have what they need to be that team out of the AFC. They have what they need. And I can't wait till they play somebody like a, a New England Patriots. I can't wait till they go play the Pittsburgh Steelers in the way the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing right now. But if, if, if the question is put towards me, I, I would say the New England Patriots may – hold that undefeated title for a while, longer than anybody else. Why is that? Because who they have coming up, who, who the players, that the games they kept coming up, mm-hmm. the the Cincinnati Bengals, they have to go to Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is still going to be a tough game. Baltimore Ravens, if, as ridiculous as it sounds, they have to play them again. It's going to mm-hmm. be a tough game. Mm-hmm. So I think that just, and, and you saw what Cleveland did yesterday, not not even that the Cleveland was balling. They had dumb decisions, dumb coaching mistakes in that game. Mm-hmm. But the the uh, the way they're playing right now, and the Broncos don't have really an offensive power anymore. But their defense has kept them in a lot of games, and, and in fact, won some of those games. Mm-hmm. I, I just think because of the schedule and what's coming down the line, that the New England Patriots might hold that undefeated title a little longer. Well, the Patriots they host the Jets next week, so yeah, uh, they, yeah, that's but they but they hosting the Jets. Yeah, so that means uh, Darrell Revis will be making his way back to New England. He's been, he'll he's be back in Boston. Right I, I don't. Hey, right. the way what what I like about what the Patriots do, I mean, they spread the ball around their whole offense. They get you know Edelman exactly. moving. They get Gronk on the move. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a one on one matchup with Revis and Gronk, Revis and uh, and Edelman. And you you won't think. Gronk, go ahead. Gronk is going to kill Revis. Really? You see what the, really? You see what the coach did to uh, Gronk last night? That's how you got to play him. Yeah. And when you stop playing him like that, and the guy thinks he's going to look at the quarterback while covering the guy who's one of the top, if not the top, tight end receiver in the game, you got to keep your eyes on him all the time. The England Patriots in the first court, first half, double-teamed this guy, and they were still in the best football game mm-hmm. and, and able to get the ball back on offense because they couldn't give it to his big-time weapon. If the 
Jets come in and don't do the same thing because the Jets' mentality is different. They pick like, hey, everybody on that play on that field defensively, you can hold your man. Mm-hmm. If you don't double team the best tight end in the game, it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be an interesting matchup. Todd Bowles, you know, getting his first shot at uh, New England as a head coach, and then you got you know that defense that Jets team is not afraid of New England at all. Because they got the experience. Now you got a mindset like a Todd Bowles coming to town. And, you know, it depends on how Ryan Fitzpatrick comes out. Look, you know, you got big targets now. You you know, you see Chris Ivory balling out of control. You got Brandon Marshall. You have uh, Eric Decker. It's going to be an exciting matchup to watch, you know. A couple minutes before break, uh, before we get out of here, actually. Uh, Yeah, we got about two minutes left in the show. Just wanted to touch in a little bit on uh, college football. Some upsets happened this week. Utah State dominated Boise State. You know, they won 52-26. to 26. I was very surprised. Uh, biggest victory why? stood out to me. Because it's Boise State. What do you mean, why? Uh, they, they dominate. Utah State. Didn't I tell you about I've been telling you about Utah State when we were talking about Utah. Yeah, you mentioned Utah it. You State mentioned won it. five national championships. So what? That, it, it's Boise State. It, it, Boise State is good. Boise State no don't chumps. You, don't count them out. Boise State is no chumps. Utah, <laughs> I know Doug is not going to like this. Utah topping off Arizona State, huge fourth quarter. Uh, best game of the weekend, that Michigan State-Michigan. I'm a huge I'm a huge Michigan fan. This game killed me. This, this game hurt me. Uh, <laughs> once again, the punting game with special teams. I feel bad for the punter. I would not want to go to class on Monday today. Class? You mean, <laughs> he probably, they found him stinking somewhere. You know what's funny about that game? Uh, what's well, not funny because that was a that's hard for a game. Those kids played there on both sides, played their hearts out. Loved it. The yeah. fans were crying. Yeah, <laughs> they were crying. Yeah, what the fans were yeah. crying. I don't understand what they crying for. Y'all not playing? Yeah, you don't play. You don't play. You not. You had no control of that game. You crying? Yeah, I agree. How about the last one before we get out of here? How about Memphis? We'll, we'll talk more Michigan, Michigan State tomorrow. How about that Memphis uh, winning 37-24 against Ole Miss? How about that one? That's a good way to end your weekend. Was, uh, Memphis, Memphis has always always had defense, and they played with defense. Uh, I know you put up that many points, but they kept their team and gave their team momentum offensively to get in, stay in that game. And they made some big plays on special teams. Yep, Memphis being unranked, beating a number 13 Ole Miss. Yeah. Still undefeated Memphis, who Ole Miss beat Alabama. Okay. Right. This word of discussion we can talk about tomorrow. We're definitely going to talk more college football tomorrow. Uh, some more NFL as well. Unfortunately, we got to get out of here. Thank you for tuning in. Demi Lachey is here live with Mr. Kwame, Kwame Lasseter. Uh, you listen to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. Uh, tune in to every, each and every show, and we'll be back here tomorrow. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.